Welcome to the TCU Chi Alpha podcast, where we share sermons, interviews, and other resources that encourage and challenge students as they follow Jesus on campus. Hey guys, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for being a part of Chi Alpha and and really prioritizing getting into Scripture, seeing what God's Word has to say for us today and how we navigate this season. Uh, About 10 or 11 years ago, I met this wonderful young lady named Alicia Powell and uh, somehow talked her into dating me. And it was awesome. (laughs) And things were going really well. And so uh, I really wanted to honor God with this relationship. I wanted to honor Alicia. And so I asked a guy um, in my church named Andy Dixon uh, if he would mentor me. And he graciously said yes. And the reason I asked Andy was because I respected his faith in Jesus, the way that he served others, the way that he loved others, his marriage. uh, He and Becky just had an incredible marriage and raised really godly, awesome uh, men of God that were already grown up. And so seeing the fruit of their life, and I was like, I got to have this guy speaking into my life. And I have a dad who's a wonderful mentor to me, but I just thought, why not have an extra spiritual father (laughs) pouring into me in this season? And so Andy sort of walked with me through this relationship. And every other week or so, we would meet up at a local restaurant super early in the morning, eat biscuits and gravy, and and just just talk about the things of God. And he would walk with me through so many things in in that season. And things got really exciting with Alicia. We got really, you know, serious. And Man, I was shopping for rings and and super pumped about where we're going. And then all of a sudden, I had a pretty significant depressive episode. Now, I've dealt with depression since I was about 14 years old. And so, um, but this was the first time that Alicia had seen me in in a depressive episode. And so she was at a position in this moment to be like, praying about like, Lord, is this, is this what you would have for my future? You know, a mentor of hers said, Hey, listen, depression is not a deal breaker, but it is a red flag. And so really take this to the Lord and see if, if this is a, what you're ready to, to move forward with as a relationship. And, and I was in the position of like, God, do I need to, is it, am I ready to move on to, um, to the next step with her? Do I need to focus on just dealing with this depression and sort of learning how to navigate it? Um, and so, man, I was in this place of, I felt helpless. I felt dis- distressed. I felt sad. I was uncertain about what my future would be. And and so like I-, I was so grateful that I got to meet with Andy in the midst of this. And so we go to the restaurant and I sit down and, and man, just for so long, I just poured out my heart. I poured out the situation to him and how helpless I felt and how fearful I was and all these things. And I'm just like, okay, man, encourage me. Like, give me some wisdom. <laughs> and, uh, Andy looked at me and he said this, Andrew, it's going to get a lot worse than this. And in that moment, I thought, well, I chose the wrong mentor because this guy, <laughs> I needed encouragement. And he's telling me it's going to get worse. Are you kidding me? Like, why am I even hanging out with this guy? <laughs> like, it was so frustrating in the moment. But fortunately, he continued on. He said, Andrew, it's going to get a lot worse. And then it felt like the Holy Spirit just like peered through him into my soul. And he said, but God is faithful. Andrew, it's going to get a lot worse, but God is faithful. And I thought about it in the moment, even in the midst of like, are you serious with this? Like, I thought about the fact that Andy knew what he was talking about because I remembered in that moment him having career changes and him talking to me about the challenges that he faced, you know, trying to be a man of God and a husband and serving in the church. And I remember him just slowly watching his dad pass away and 
of Alzheimer's and like him caring for his dad for a really long time. And I remember him having to make the very difficult decision uh, against his mom's wishes to put her into a nursing home because they couldn't care for her anymore. Like I remembered all these things, these difficult, challenging things that Andy faced. And he was looking at me and saying, God is faithful. And I'm so glad that he told me that even though it was hard to hear, he told me God's faithful. And, and I know that. And Andy was also faithful to God. And so in this really, really tough time, the Holy Spirit gave me something to cling to. And I'm so grateful for that relationship with Andy in that moment. And, uh, and, and so here we are in this season, man. I, I don't know what you're dealing with, but you know, statistically, we know that in the midst of this pandemic and everything that's, go, that's going on, people are struggling. There's suffering happening. Even perfectly healthy people are, are dealing with mental illness and all of these things. And so um, what's really strange is we kind of are all dealing with it at the same time because it's worldwide. And so there's no one who's just like, yeah, I'm doing awesome. You know, like we're all sort of in this moment uh, navigating this. And so you might be sick of virtual classes and virtual meetings, sick of, you know, restrictions, sick of wearing your mask and your glasses fogging up, right? Like tensions maybe were high at home when you were, when you were back home over the break and, and it's like, man, our relationships are strained. Uh, maybe you're ticked off by the things that you've missed out on, or maybe you're afraid. Maybe you've lost someone. You're sort of mourning that or afraid of, of someone who you know might be, uh, might have comorbidities that you're sort of like, man, I hope that I hope they'll be all right. Um, maybe just the political tensions and all of those things are, are a difficult struggle for you. And, and then you guys are in college. It's supposed to be fun and exciting and, you know, all this. And, and here you are like fatigued and overwhelmed and, and just thinking like, how am I supposed to make it through another COVID semester? So even the introverts are like, man, I got to get out of here and I got to hang out with somebody. And you know, it's bad if the introverts want to hang out with people. So, you know, those feelings that we're feeling, those frustrations, so much of that is valid and it's normal. And, and it's how you would expect to feel in the midst of something like this. Um, Cause it's a lot. And, and a lot of us really are suffering in small and big ways. And we don't really know when it's going to end. That's kind of the weird thing too, is like, we're not sure how long, how much longer this is going to go. But what I love about the Bible is that it speaks to this idea of suffering directly. God gives us a wealth of information in his word on navigating seasons just like we're in right now. And so I want to focus on a few passages that I think will help us as we, as we go through this. In the book of James, Jesus' half-brother James is writing to the first century church, and they're going through some serious suffering. They're facing persecution, imprisonment, some of them death, just because they decided to follow Jesus. And so James is writing to them in the midst of their suffering. And when you read this, when we read this at first, you might think, like, really, that's what you're going to say? Um, <laughs> that's the encouragement you're giving right now? Um, but... In this passage written to suffering Christians, I think God's going to show us how to grow, how to overcome, and how to persevere through the suffering we're experiencing now uh, just through the writing to this first century church. So there is help, right? <laughs> James 1 verses 2 through 4 say this, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. This is not exactly what someone who is suffering would want to hear, right? Like, 
Not the promises of Scripture that, you know, God is near to the brokenhearted or that He's peace in a storm. <laughs> James is just saying, like, look at this struggle that you're facing as an opportunity for great joy. <laughs> and it's like, really, bro, is this what we need to hear? And apparently it is because it's in the Bible, right? But, but it also reveals something that we need to understand. Just like Andy told me, there will be things that are harder than this. Like, we will often face harder things in the future than we're facing today. And like Andy was telling me, like, God is faithful. And, and so if we do not learn how to grow in the midst of what we're dealing with right now, we won't be equipped to handle the suffering of tomorrow. That's the first thing that we need to know here is that times like these are an opportunity for us to grow. Times like these are an opportunity for us to grow. In fact, suffering and pain are the best and sometimes only ways <laughs> that we can grow. Every athlete understands this. We, li- we lift weights, not me, but athletes lift weights. They, they endure the pain of breaking down their muscles so that they can be healed again and get stronger and bigger. Like the pain, the suffering is an opportunity to grow. You get faster only by pushing through the discomfort right, of, of, of your lungs and your body, like you, you push through that desire for comfort. You go beyond that so that you can get faster. And this is true of other things in other areas of our life. Like when you wrote your college admissions essay, you didn't, you didn't write about a time where nothing happened and it was super easy and you didn't learn anything. You wrote about a struggle, a time that you were overwhelmed, a time that you overcame some kind of adversity. When you go to try to get a job, they're going to interview and they're going to ask you, tell me about a time where you faced something that was a challenge. They're not going to say, tell me about a time where everything went super easy and you didn't have to work at all. Like they're going to want to know how we handle adversity and the way that we grow very often is through adversity, is through pain, is through suffering. And this is an opportunity that we're in to actually grow. Did God ever intend for this virus to happen? Did he ever intend for all of this to happen? The reality is no. In fact, God created a perfect world and it was sin, our sin, that created the environment that we're in now. This is the result of sin. This wasn't God's intention. And so he doesn't rejoice in this happening. But But if we'll let him, God can use the suffering that we're going through now to grow our faith, our endurance, our character, so that we can face the suffering that we may face in the future and not collapse under the weight of it. And that's what James is saying here, like troubles of any kind. If if James is writing to people who are dealing with uh, imprisonment and persecution and death, if it applies to them, then it, then it must also include lockdowns and virtual classes and political unrest and, and viruses and any other kind of suffering that we might face. Anything that we face in life is a chance for our endurance and our faith to grow or to shrink. We have an opportunity for being mad at the world, staying in bed all day, having this great anxiety. But we also have what James says here is an opportunity for joy, for knowing that when our faith is tested, it's a chance for our endurance to grow and for us to mature as a believer. And we can take joy in that. We can take joy in that. It's easy, really, to say that we trust Jesus when we don't really feel a need to trust him. But this season is a chance to grow in our trust in him and in our endurance and our faith in him. We can have joy in that, that that this is a moment that we can grow in. So the question is not will we suffer, but it's how will we suffer? It's not will we suffer, but how will we suffer? And so in Kaiapha, we say a lot like life is as much about who you're becoming as what you're doing. And so who are you becoming in the midst of this challenge? How are you finding joy and growing? in this opportunity. This moment sets you up 
to endure future challenges. So, so how do we use this as a chance to grow? I, w- I want to focus on a couple of things practically. I want to focus on our thoughts and our actions. Our thoughts and our actions. We have this quote in Kaiapha that we say, thoughts lead to actions, actions become habits, habits form character, and character determines destiny. Thoughts to actions, actions to habits, habits form character, and character determines destiny. Our thoughts and our actions is what we're focusing on here. And in in order to unpack how we maybe practically look at this, I want to look at the writings of the Apostle Paul. He was an expert at suffering well. He faced so much trial, so much trouble in his life as he planted churches all over the known world at the time. And, and, and he was planting churches like crazy and facing so much adversity. In fact, in the book uh, uh, of the letter to the Corinthians, 2 Corinthians in, verses, uh, in chapter 11, he describes what he faced like this. Five different times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and day adrift at sea. I have traveled on many long journeys. I have faced danger from rivers and from robbers. I have faced danger from my own people, the Jews, as well as from the Gentiles. I have faced danger in the cities and the deserts and on the seas. And I have faced danger from men who claim to be believers but are not. I have worked hard and long, enduring many sleepless nights. I have been hungry and thirsty and have often gone without food. I have shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. Then... Besides all this, I have the daily burden of my concern for all the churches. Who is weak without me feeling that weakness? Who is led astray and I do not burn with anger? Man, Paul (laughs) faced serious suffering, serious challenges. And I read it and go, man, maybe my virtual meeting isn't that bad. (laughs) Because look at what he was dealing with here. Because he's planting churches all over the place. So he's facing all this. And then he also has the burden for these people that he helped convert to Christianity that are now suffering as a result of it. Like he was dealing with, with all of that. About four years after he writes this, scholars will say about four years after he wrote what he wrote in Second Corinthians, he wrote from prison in Philippians, uh, what we're about to read. And, and some of you guys in Zoe's life group, you guys are going through Philippians. So spoiler alert, you guys are going to get to get to this eventually. But in Philippians from prison, in chapter four, he writes this starting in verse four. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you're considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. Man, we want that peace, right? We want that peace in this moment that exceeds understanding. But but here the context of how we receive that is in our thoughts, in our actions, in the way that we express our gratitude. So how do we navigate this well with our thoughts? What do we do with our thoughts in this season? What Paul says is to fix our thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable and excellent and praiseworthy. Here's what I love about this is it doesn't say ignore the truth. 
We actually, as Christians, should face what is true. So I'm not saying, man, look around you and then just pretend like nothing bad is happening. No, we're going to look at that suffering. We're going to look at what we're facing and we're going to be honest about what it is. We don't have to ignore that. But we can also look at what's true about God, what He has done, like Paul says. Think about what He has done. Thank Him for what He's done. We can look at the promises of Scripture of what He what He promises to do and what He promises to us. So yes, we look with honesty at what's going on around us, but we don't only look at that. In fact, what Paul says is fix your thoughts on these things. Fix your thoughts on the excellent things, the honorable things, the lovely things. Let your thoughts wash over those things. And so Yes, there's an insane government situation going on. There are people stuck at home. There are people that are sick. But what's lovely about this time? What's honorable about this time? What can we focus on that's, that's, that God has done and is doing? How do we cultivate our thought life with gratitude and being thankful? A perfect example of this is I have a dear friend. He's, he's been a believer for about 10 years. And he told me recently over coffee um, this last year, has been the hardest year I've ever faced in my faith. Now look, he's, he's been married, he's had a son, he's worked and made moves and all these things, but he said the last year has been the toughest year that I've ever faced as a Christian. And he said that he was praying one day and just sort of pouring his heart out to God and, and God revealed to him, showed him by his Holy Spirit that he had been focusing on all the negative things, all the things that didn't happen, all the things that weren't happening, and he had totally forgotten to thank God for all that was right. He focused on all the wrong and he forgot to thank God for what was going right. And so the next morning when he woke up, he started his morning by just saying, God, thank you for the breath in my lungs. God, thank you that I'm healthy. God, thank you for my wife here. Thank you for my son. Thank you for a hot shower and indoor plumbing. Thank you, God, for the car that takes me to work. Like he just, his whole day was just saturated with gratitude and not focused on all the negative things that he was experiencing before. And sure enough, God, in that moment, began to change his heart. And God, just through this season, he's just exercised that gratitude. Man, do you want a peace that passes all understanding? Well, well, then we have to fix our minds on the things of God. We have to think thoughts that are true, but also that express what it is that God has already done in our lives and is going to do and is doing. And so, man, I just I just love that, that he fought for that. The front lines of the battle of change in our life and the things that we face really are our thoughts. They're our thoughts. And so we can use this moment as a chance to grow our thought life, to cultivate our thought life, or we can regress. Our faith can diminish, or we can get, we can do this well and grow and be ready for the next challenge in life by, by cultivating thoughts in the middle of this suffering in a way that helps us grow, in a way that focuses our eyes on Jesus and his power and not the situations that we're dealing with right now. But what, 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 what does our, our quote say? Thoughts lead to actions. So our thoughts, our actions come out of that. And so how do we do this with actions? What, what, should, what kind of actions should our, should our thoughts lead us to? And I think in this season, we have tons of limitations. There's a, a billion things that we can't do that we used to be able to do. And so we could focus on those. Like we could invest our energy in being bad, uh, sad about the things that we can't do. Or we could start actively doing the things that we can do. And, and not everybody's doing poorly at this, but I found myself doing that. I'm like, I can't go do this. I can't go do that. So I'm not going to do anything. Rather than focusing on what it is, that I can actively do. Nobody said that we couldn't read our Bible. Nobody's told us that we can't 
go to our life groups, you know, in Chi Alpha yet. Nobody said that we can't worship in person as long as a certain size group. Like nobody, you know what I'm saying? There's so many things that we can do. And so, yeah, we can't go to a concert or we can't have a big family dinner in Chi Alpha like we always, you know, do at our house. But, but what we can do, especially if we're here in Fort Worth, we can go get coffee. We can go to a park. We can meet with a friend. We can read a book. We can read the scriptures. Like there's so many things that we can do that we should actively do. And, and so, but the question here is, is like in this moment, the kind of actions that we need to take are actions that feed our souls that actually help develop, um, the endurance help grow our faith. And so we should fight to act on the things that we know fill our souls. We, we should find things. We should invent things. We should prioritize things that actually fill our soul. So some people, they love nature. They love walking around in nature. Some people, they love, um, you know, building things and kind of creative artistic stuff. Some people love to read and some people love to learn. And, and there's any number of, of kind of ways that we can fill our souls. And, and we sort of identify with those differently, each of us. Well, let's discover what those are or lean into them at that when we know what they are so that we're actually acting on the ways that God has wired us in this moment especially in a time where there's restrictions. Like if we can discover and find what can we do in a moment where so many things are limited, man, what is it going to be like after these are lifted? Man, we're going to have cultivated a discipline of fighting for the things that are, are good and actions that are helpful. I think also in this moment, in addition to this, is that we need to pri- prioritize relationships. Isolation has been an issue in our culture even before the pandemic, but it's a, it's a huge issue now. God wired us for interdependence. Yes, solitude is a good thing, but only in small doses. <laughs> like We're supposed to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength and love our neighbor as ourselves. We're supposed to engage with other people. That's how we grow. That's how uh, God uh, wired us. And so let's prioritize the things that help us grow in that. Let's prioritize the things that get us together with people like life groups, like coffee with friends, like calling a friend or Zooming a friend or FaceTiming a friend uh, in, in the country and just continuing to encourage one another. Let's prioritize those things. And, and then please also, please let's not add to the suffering that's already happening um, with actions that actually cause more suffering. Uh, sometimes our suffering is self-induced. Sometimes we struggle with this whole idea of comparison with people on social media. Man, this girl lost 10 pounds over pandemic and, and, you know, her life obviously is better than mine. I'm just such a slacker, you know, (laughs) whatever, like this guy, man, he gained 10 pounds of muscle. Why can't I be like him? You know, like focusing on comparison and, and man, we don't need to do that. And like we can take actions in our life to minimize that. Like we could turn our social off or put time limits on that or just turn, you know, uninstall it for a while so that our actions are actually aligning with things that are filling our soul. Man, maybe uh, you're, you're looking at the, the future economy and you're thinking in a class like, okay, now I'm no longer like, I, I'm sort of in competition with this person sitting next to me for the job that's coming. So I have to have a better, I have to have the best GPA in the class and the best resume and all that stuff so that I can win and I can achieve in the next stage of life. And to be honest with you guys, that is, that, that's hurtful if it, if it supersedes what, what God has for you and what God has said and what God, God's word teaches. It's, it becomes an idol for us. And so, man, maybe it looks like we need to rest more, that we need to take more time off from school, that we need to, you know, take action on that, man, you know, just 
maybe our our worldview is more shaped by Twitter than it is Scripture, <laughs> and, and we're actually letting social media uh, shape the way that we view the world. And so let's take action on that. Same thing, like we could turn it off. We could spend more time in Scripture. Let's act on those things so that that we don't put more suffering on ourselves. And then surely not the things that are areas of habitual sin, our coping mechanisms in this moment, like alcohol, drugs, pornography, those types of things, man, those things only uh, increase the suffering that we're dealing with here. We can actually repent. We can actually find freedom in those areas. In fact, if we can use this moment of sort of pause and so many things not happening to address those things, man, imagine what God could do when, when these things are lifted, when things change. Man, it's just, it's an incredible opportunity to come against the habitual sins in our lives, to repent, to see freedom. We can use this as a chance to fight in our actions and know that we can overcome these issues in a difficult time. Like, let's take action. We have a chance to grow. We can fight this with our thoughts. We can fight this with our actions. What I discovered over the last 10 years since that conversation with Andy is that he was right. Um, Andy, obviously Alicia and I did get married. We have three beautiful kids. Um, Andy, right after we got married, just a year or so after we got married, actually passed away really suddenly. And, and it was I just mourned that. I think about him all the time. Um, I think about the things that he taught me all the time. And um, he, he was right. In fact, in 2019, we had something happen to us over the summer that we affectionately now refer to as House Mageddon. At our house, just it seemed like everything broke. Our oven died, our refrigerator died, our stove broke, uh, our washer died, our AC broke. We had a tree fall down in our backyard, which broke our fence and a concrete retaining wall. And so we had to pay to get the tree taken down and the fence fixed and we fixed the retaining wall. A toilet leaked in our master bathroom and, and ruined the carpet in our room. So we had to have that replaced. I mean, it was just like endless stuff. And I know I'm forgetting things. Like it was just so much. And what was crazy is Alicia and I had saved for years and years for an emergency fund and some um, some saving living expenses and some things that we wanted to purchase in the future. And, and over one summer, 15 grand of that was completely wiped out. Years of saving. And it was just a, a season of like, are you are you kidding me with all of this? <laughs> like To be honest with you, uh, it was very hard to have feelings of great joy at the opportunity for our faith to endure and to grow. Um, but we fought, I mean, we could have gone down the road of, of just, you know, being sad, being angry, you know, all those things. But we really, really fought, not that we were great at it, but we really fought to fix our thoughts on what was true. What was true in our lives is that God had saved Asher's life uh, 12 weeks after we conceived. We told our family we were pregnant and we, we almost had a miscarriage. God spared our son's life. We almost lost Lily. Like the day that she was born, um, she almost died in the womb. Like uh, God miraculously saved our two babies. God has provided for us when we were um, in need. God has helped us relationally in our marriage when we've had difficult times. God has surrounded us with friends that have poured into us. What was true is that we were going through a difficult time. But what also was true, what was honorable, what was excellent, what was worthy of praise was that God was faithful. God was faithful in the past. We knew God would be faithful in the future, even though we were going through this difficult time. And he was right. God is faithful. We had a choice about how we were going to suffer in 2019, and we chose 
most of the time <laughs> to suffer well. And I think that it's helped us in the midst of this pandemic. And I'm grateful to God for the suffering that we endured during House Mageddon because it helped us deal with this season more effectively and more efficiently. Like God's helped us in this moment. God has been faithful. God has been faithful. And here's the deal. You guys are young. You guys are young. What you're facing is real. The suffering that you're enduring right now is real. But how you handle this challenge will determine how you handle future challenges. That's what we read, is that this is an opportunity for joy to understand that what God can do in your life right now can help you in the future. The way that you navigate this moment at 18 to 22 will shape the kind of faith and endurance that you have at 32 and at 42 and at 52. If you suffer well, if you endure, if you grow, if you fight for joy through this season, imagine what you can endure, what God could do in you, what God could do through you in the future. If you will do this well, if you'll grow, if you'll fight with your thoughts, if you'll fight with your actions. You can come through this season as a more resilient disciple of Jesus. If you'll let God do a work in your heart in this season, if you'll lean into Him, if you'll lean into His Word, if you'll lean into community, if you'll lean into the things of God, it's worth doing. It's an investment in your future, and I believe God will meet you as you, as you find joy and growing in your thoughts and your actions. I believe that He will. Will you do it? Will you do it? Let me pray. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the truth of Scripture. And we just pray that we'd align our hearts with that. We'd align our actions with that. That we would be obedient to what we see here. That we would fight with our thoughts. We'd fight with our actions to grow in the season. And we know that your Spirit is going to help us. And so we're grateful for that, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening today. We'd love to connect with you beyond this podcast. If you want more information about TCU Chi Alpha, visit tcuxa.com. God bless and go Frogs.